Motown blues Or melting away I'm gonna make a brand new start of it up to everybody to the Tuesday edition of Holy Commutes. This is Texas Tim uh, on July 25th. I'm joined by a good friend of mine, uh, Anthony Diaria. Guest, I have uh, Anthony on to talk about what I think is is one of the uh, a league, a tournament series that that sometimes gets forgotten. And I feel like it's been forgotten a little bit about this year, but it's really one of the biggest events of the year and uh, what i'm talking about is golden stick wiffle ball it's been around for quite a quite a while it's played in a couple of different parts of the country they just came off a a tournament this weekend and in a few weeks and i'm actually going to say in about a month from now uh exactly they have this big tournament the golden stick open and real briefly if I have some people listening right now that don't know what Golden Stick is. And so could you let the listeners, those that don't know, a little bit about Golden Stick? So Golden Stick basically has been around for a little over 20 years now. Started up in uh, Massachusetts by Lou Levesque and his boys up there. It started out as a little league. It's really expanded over time. And frankly, we're mostly based out of New York now. Uh, Most of the teams play in our New York region. We do have an up-and-coming Vermont slash New England region um, that is doing very well. Shout out to Rob Mix and his guys up there. But throughout our history, we've had regions in Philly, uh, you know, New York, Boston, uh, Vegas, uh, a little bit of a West Coast time, a little bit in Chicago, mostly uh, East Coast, mostly New York, Philadelphia, Boston. And uh, now we do mostly medium pitch style league slash tournament, however you want to call it. Um, it is a league. However, it is tournament based. So obviously, this is why some people are still confused by what we do. Yeah, we Anywhere run about five, six events a year. Vermont, same thing. We have a playoff. And then, Tim, like you alluded to, we have our big national medium pitch tournament in Staten Island. I actually don't know how many years we've been there off the top of my head. I feel like we've been there for almost 10 years now, if not a little longer. Um, so thanks to Staten Island Little League again for their continued support. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about Golden Stick. And um, anybody who is listening, registration is open for our national event on August 26th and 27th in Staten Island. So reach out for details. We'll talk a little bit more about in a minute, but how many tournaments have you held this year for Golden Stick? Uh, we have had we have held six tournaments this year uh, in New York. Uh, Vermont has held four, and they have a fifth one coming up. I believe they had a rain it out uh, here and there, so they will have five tournaments. Sorry, and each of us are doing a regional playoff, so that's another event. So seven and five or six, respectively. You know, I watched the little bit of the championship game yesterday, and, you know, it looks to me a little bit, not that the enemy is not dominating, but 
they're not winning all the events now and you're you're getting you're you're getting some parity at the top yeah uh they've actually only won one of our tournaments this year which is very under i think if you were betting a betting man they're over under at the beginning of the season in terms of tournament wins would have been two and a half three and a half and they only won once and this is and then this is the only other final they've made it to uh, now, granted, they did not play a week. Another week, they played as kind of like a modified fun squad after switching around. But yeah, I mean, listen, the enemy is still going to be there. Uh, I don't think anybody for a second would put them on the back burner and not think that they'll make a run at regionals and also make a run at the national championship. But I would agree with you that, you know, the parity overall in the league has really increased this year. Um, and then shout out to Whiff Inc., who has won the last four tournaments. Um, including a couple of MAW tournaments. So I think they've won like five or six Wiffle Bowl tournaments as, a, as an organization in the last couple of months. And uh, they're playing great. They've won 28 in a row, technically, which I don't think the enemy have ever done in that respect. I, I could be wrong. And they did have an event where they did not give up a run the entire tournament. They basically went 7-0 and and did not give up a run the entire event. I believe that was their second win of the year. In, in medium pitch, isn't that just a sick stat? It's incredible. It's incredible considering, uh, I mean, you can breathe and get runs. And it's funny you say that because I was actually texting Kenny last night after the win, just congratulating him, uh, Kenny Jr., uh, Rogers, for those of you who don't know. And I was like, dude, you guys really turned it on in like the bottom of the third. They were actually down 3 nothing, And then all of a sudden, the bottom of the third, it was double, double, triple, two-run shot. And just like that, they were up 4-3. And I was like, man, it's that fast in yards sometimes to score runs and yet they've gone an entire tournament seven games and given up zero so shout out to them for really having an incredible season this year yeah and it was like senior was raking yesterday too so yeah he you know it's funny because he sometimes will will look like oh maybe he's a little i don't want to say he's old because he's not but like oh maybe he's a little not into it anymore or he's like missing something and then all of a sudden he really he's really the one who started that rally with the double, and then he was locked in. He was five for his last five. You know, when those guys are on, they're virtually impossible to deal with. Yeah, love the love that guy. Yeah, love that guy. Tell me, you just said you just uploaded, updated the website. Tell people what the website is, where they could find it, and go into a little bit about who some of. And you're going to miss somebody, and I'm not. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but just who some of the big names are that are like top batting averages, top pitchers and stuff for the season overall might be. Sure. Uh, so our website actually is, is really, we're using my stats online as our website currently because our main website <clears throat> has been down for a few years. We really haven't gotten it up to up, really up to go yet. So we've been using my stats, which is actually just fine because it has all of our standings on there. It's got all the stats uh, we have some advertisements on there as well. There is a place for linking to our videos. So at least we're, we're there. Mm -hmm. um, in that aspect of it. And, and my stats has been a great partner and a great sponsor of ours for well over a decade as well. Um, and yeah, so I was able to update the standings um, from yesterday's event. Now we always do an audit between now and regionals to make sure that everybody who's everybody's points is accurate. You know, there may be a game where, you know, one of us have maybe forgot to give a bonus point here, or maybe there's a, you know, sometimes a score gets reversed. So we do a double check just to make sure all the points are accurate before releasing our regional playoff bracket. And uh, right now with think on top at 143 points, disgusting. Um, they are 37 and three. I mean, that's incredible. Like forget about, forget about tournaments aside, 37 and three. Uh, that's, that's very, very impressive. And the enemy only 15 and eight, yeah. much, much more that very much a down year for them. At 15 and eight down year. Right. So, uh, most of the teams would love to have that record. 
I know it's so fascinating, really, when you when you look at these, like, and it, you look at the enemy for you, right? For years, they're the ones who's thirty and three, thirty and two, and for them to be in third place though at fifteen and eight, really, the points are so close. The Dark Knights have had a great year. They're in second place at sixty nine points. Third place enemy fifty nine, and then it's fifty five, fifty four, fifty three, fifty, fifty, fifty. 43 37 35 35 so there's a lot of very close teams here believe it or not some of these is mainly because you know they miss a week and we do uh, uh compiling of points way back in the day we used to do like hey there are six events we take your best five events and that's how we base your points and how we base your your standings but we felt that it was kind of de-incentivizing teams to play in those extra events you know teams like us the, the bad teams are like oh great we can basically play in all eight events between all the regions and we'll take our best five we have a good chance of you know improving upon our crappy events but then you have teams like maybe enemy or even state of mind or perhaps this year would have been with think who were like you know what uh i don't need to play in all these events and like i'm gonna take my three we're gonna take our points and we're just gonna sit back and wait so we kind of wanted to make sure that we change that so everybody feels like they want to play in every event it's not like hey i want to i want to take a step back so that's why I think you have some of these, the way the points are set up the way they are. Not as familiar with the Dark Knights players. Who's on that team? Sure. The Dark Knights are actually a great young story. Right? They've been around for a long time as well. They yeah. came in as a five-man. It's three brothers. You have Mike Valenti, Nick Valenti, and Matt Valenti, uh, three brothers. And then you have Tyler Can and Danny Hargaden, who is the captain, or as many would say, the soul of that team. Oh. And they are having an astounding season, excuse me, an outstanding season. They play together at UIF as well. They're getting into fast pitch. These guys are great guys, they, and they're great players. We Let's talk open for a minute. It's on, the I think, the 26th, right? Anybody can enter that tournament. You don't have to have played in any of the Golden Stick events all year long. Am I correct? And you can enter into the open. It's just a different route to get to the championship. Can you talk about that for a minute? Sure. Uh, and yeah, you are 100% correct. It is an open tournament. Anybody can join and play in Staten Island. The only caveat is that if you're a league team, basically you start the tournament in your own little separate bracket. And you get to work your way through this this bracket to try to make your way kind of like an easier path to get to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Everybody else who's a, non, who's a non-gold stick team, you know, basically they play in a regular style format. There'll be this pool play or group play, depending on how many teams. You play a handful of games, then there's a cut, and then there's a, a double elimination under the lights. And then for the league teams, as they lose in that other bracket, they then drop and join the remaining teams. And really by 1.30, it looks like a regular tournament. Everybody's playing in, in the pool play, except for those yeah. four teams that have made it through the league team bracket. And then you know by Saturday night, anybody's game, and uh, it really turned into a fun event when you have some of these pretty good league teams that maybe didn't play as well in the top bracket as they would like to. <clears throat> and now they get matched up with some of these very good non-league teams, or, or I shouldn't say non-league teams, really these open teams. And you have some fantastic matchups under the lights, and it's a lot of fun. And history shows that a non-league team has won this tournament, right? I didn't the hurricane year, right, We that got yeah. delayed. That was a non-league team that won the tournament. That's correct. That was Steffi's team, who yeah. uh, their name is is escaping me. The team name they played under, uh, the Lumberjacks. Yeah, but it's so, but it's doable. It's 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 harder sometimes, but it actually is doable. That that there are wild card teams that have been very successful at this tournament. That's very true. And you know, the wild card teams 
don't have to really adhere to the the league format and structure in terms of roster composition. Yep. Uh, while we've really like laxed those um, roster rules over the last handful of years to try to maximize teams and maximize player involvement, most teams are are pretty even. I, you know, yes, you can have some people will call super teams, but they're they're within the rules. They're within their four man roster, and you know they just four good, very good players. It's not like back in the day where a team like the enemy could be a five man team and have five best players. You know, we've we've kind of limited that in terms of if you're going to be a five man you got to have either a rookie or a journeyman type player or like you know a, some of these older guys that like to play in the league really reserve that fifth spot for something like that most teams are three or four man so if you get a good three four man wild card team they can absolutely go, absolutely go on a run but they will still always have to play more games than a team that is in the top four in the league bracket because those four teams all get a bye to Sunday. They get to jockey for position where on Sunday they fall. So on paper, the league team still has the advantage in terms of having less games, but a wild card tournament team could have the advantage because they could have a better roster. Yeah. And on Sunday, really, it's anybody's game. Interesting. Last year, this these guys went on a roll. I want to I want to talk a little bit. It's not just a young guy's game when you talk about the, the this golden stick. You have a group of guys that are over the age of 50, right? Several of them that are that are darn good players. Number one, they're great people. And they're actually pretty darn good players. And they actually went on a run last year. That one of the teams. Yeah, I believe you're referring to the Screwballs, yeah. uh, who are a collection of great, great, great guys. Um, Jerry, once again, yesterday, bringing his muffins and his Yeti full of his you know, special Jerry juice that everyone loves, which I commented was a little clearer than usual yesterday. So a lot of us by 1130 were feeling some type of way. So good for him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you, like you alluded to, I think some of them are even over 60. I think Jerry's over 60 now. He might be 61. Uh, Johnny just told me yesterday was his birthday. He's 55. Uh, Coop is in that same area, that 55 uh-huh. to 60. Richie B, I think is, you know, in that same area. And now they play with their kids. Richie has two of his sons on the team. So it's a real family affair with the Screwballs. And yeah, you're right. They did make a good run last year. And that was mainly because of a huge home run that Richie B's son, Matty, hit off of Pagano late on Saturday night uh, under the lights, which was which was electric. And and that game was sick. The, 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 The crowd that gathered around that game. It was sort of an untold story. If you weren't there, you didn't realize what was going on. As that game started progressing, you know, I migrated over there away from the area that I was in just because I could hear the crescendo happening, right? I could hear people. It was maybe in my, in my entire history, one of the most watched games from, from players around as they were gathering probably in the top 10 that all the games ever been to because your local guys, I mean, I love, I love the guys that played on Pagano's team. They're good. Some of them are very good friends of mine. The local crowd was rooting for the screwballs and it was, it was amazing. Well, absolutely. Well, they had all the Suffolk guys. They're all from Suffolk County out on the islands. You had all the Suffolk guys who was still there. And it was interesting because at that time of the night, most of the games were kind of dwindling down, so yeah. you kind of had this lull where everyone was able to kind of migrate over to the to the far fields, closer to, I guess, you're going more north or whatever it is. Um, and it'd be right, more people showed up, people people saw who was playing, they heard it was a good game, they migrated over there. I went over there with the camera, started filming, and it was it was like a like they say the roars of Augusta, right? When when Maddie B hit that home run, everyone went nuts. 
because everyone was like, wow, look at the, the it's changing of the guard because it was off Pagano. You had this young kid who, who it's funny because we've talked about it afterwards. He doesn't even know who he is. He has no idea who Pagano is. He has no idea anything about these guys and their history, what they mean to wiffle ball. So he's going up there just kind of like this like naivety and just smacks the ball and then goes on the mound and delivers in the, in the next inning and wins the game. And it was great. They were all, all the guys were training coops, coop, coop, you know, because that's where we all play out east. And uh, it was sick. It was a great moment for the New York region, a real symbol of camaraderie that we have here on Long Island, why our, our league is, is so tight-knit and everyone's just, everyone's just great. And, and what made it even better, that was an all-star team they were playing, right? And so it was one of the the open, the put-together teams that come, amazing players, right? The entire roster of Pagano's team was amazing, right? And for that just to happen, it was an awesome, awesome moment uh, right there. So really, really cool. Hey, one other thing just want to put out there. If you don't have enough reason to get out to, to Staten Island and come to this tournament here in a month, it's to come see Texas Tim. Texas Tim is going to be there again. I did not even mention that yet. You no. Know, and, and Anthony, I want to tell you kudos to the people of golden stick because when I'm there, they truly embrace me and are happy that I'm there. They're happy that I'm, you know, even some of your most hardened personalities that come to play, love it that I'm there, trust that I'm going to do the right thing, that I'm going to keep things running. You know, you and and Rob, y'all play, right? It's, it's impossible to do everything. And they're just most of them are so thankful that I'm there participating with y'all and make me feel like family when I'm there. You know, I struggled with a decision whether I was going to come back this year, not because I didn't want to, because I'm having a job change and I don't have a lot of time off, but I'm making it work, you know, and I'm, I'm excited. I've made it work. I'm excited that I'm coming in a month. I'm very thankful that you guys want me back. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Tim, you've been like the best thing that, that's happened to the Open in the last handful of years. And like you mentioned, too, Rob and I have been not only playing, but also running basically all these tournaments for the last 10, 12 years. And, you know, it's very difficult to, to try to put on a show when you have to focus on playing and then also have to go to the board and write teams names. in. And I mean, for years, Lou did it, you know, granted, Lou would always try to find a way find a way to put himself on a team where he really wasn't needed. So he could kind of sit out most of the day, but he would always make sure he has some, his at-bats reserved for him. Um, but, you know, he'd be going around taking pictures and filling out the brackets and answering all the questions. Mm -hmm. and, you know, he hasn't been around as much for the last couple of years, you know, family lives far, you know, it is what it is. Life, life moves on. So it's been tough for Rob and I to run these events. Even before you, we had uh, Tim Cook and Paul Cook actually come up from MAW and help run an event. And, you know, it's one thing to run our super qualifiers here where it's one location, that format's pretty straightforward. You know, no one really has to travel very far to, to get information. Uh, at Staten Island, we're over three complexes and having you as that base in the middle there is, is, is comforting to me as a player, knowing that stuff is being handled, knowing that questions are being answered and knowing that people aren't finding me as much or Rob. And we can actually just focus on the mound and pitching because there's nothing more frustrating when I'm trying to, you know, trying to focus in a game, it's third or fourth inning and you know, someone runs over to you, food, 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 I got a question about a rule and a rule. And it's like, yeah, I, I got it, dude. But like, you know, I'm, I'm playing two here. So let me, can I just finish my inning or, you know, I guess, you know, I get it. They, they want to ask the questions, but they also forget that we're playing yeah. and, and we're trying to win a tournament as well. 
And so knowing that you're there to kind of alleviate all that has been fantastic. And it, to my defense, you know, one of the, my weaknesses of running, helping run your tournament, I'm not an expert in your rules, right? I'm an expert in brackets and, and, and all that kind of stuff, but you know, they do come, the, the reason they come to you or Rob about a rule is because I probably don't know the rule and they're just trying to clear it up. And, and what might be better, it would be really cool is if you assembled uh, sort of like we do with you with a rules committee where maybe like five guys, right. You know, and any of those five could help where it's not always you and Rob, you know, I'm just making something up. I don't know if you know, there may be three, three other people that are really good with rules. I think that's a great idea. And I think there are, there are plenty of guys who, I mean, as much as people want to say our rules always change, really most of our rules have not changed in the last six, seven years. Uh, and the rules that have changed, there have been they've been big discussions about it. This year was actually a big change. We implemented an infield fly rule uh, for the first time, kind of like what we do in UF, where you know if there's a guy on first or really and there's a pop up, you know, in order to prevent the defensive team from basically just allowing it to drop and turning into a play, the offensive team now has an opportunity to yell infield fly within reasonable time, and the play is dead and it's just an out. And it protects the batter from kind of some of these cheap double plays. But it also kind of protects the fielder a little bit because sometimes those pop-ups are the hardest ones to field. They've got a lot of backspin. They move move around, especially where we play during the summer here. You know, there's been no rain. So it's basically landing on, on this dirt, grass, concrete combination. And that ball takes all kinds of bounces and bounces all directions. So it's, yeah. it's risky to make that play. Yeah. But guys overall like the rule. And at least I haven't heard any, any really real complaints about it. And uh, so – Happy about that. That's really been our main change for this year and the last couple of years. And the other thing I think what's happening is, is a lot of the guys in golden stick are playing various different formats. They're getting them confused with another league's rules. And I get it. It's different everywhere you go. You're having to try to remember that rule. And so I hundred percent get it before, before I let you go, I want to ask you this question. Will we ever see a golden stick NWLA team playing playing in that in that tournament we would love to have one next year um i know lanigan has reached out to us uh recently about putting it together i want to say maybe it was 2019 we were really close to putting a team together and then for whatever reason you know it just becomes i guess tough between getting enough guys to commit yeah. to the stick right yeah. a lot of guys play multiple leagues so you know a guy like connor who plays for maw he could easily play for golden stick if he wanted to right yeah. he plays in both leagues and but you know what? I, I just think a lot of our guys don't play that style enough to want to go. And they're, you know, they're still that vibe. Like, well, why am I going to go? I'm going to lose. And, you know, for me, it's like, well, I would like to go just because it's an experience. And I mean, kudos to them getting on ESPN plus this year. I mean, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. Pop the feet on for a little bit. I'm like, this is like pretty sick that I'm, I'm watching wiffle ball on my TV and it's not on the Facebook watch app. <laughs> you know, it's not like a real app. So that was good for them. And optimistic that we can try to put a team together for next year. And selfishly hope that the location is as close as Pittsburgh, if not closer. So we yeah, and we've discussed doing it down here. It, it fell on our state tournament weekend, unfortunately. But I have a group of guys that are very interested in trying to trying to put a team together uh, in the future. So that's really cool. Anthony, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I really have enjoyed hearing a little bit about uh, Golden Stick and what's been going on this year. I'm really excited about the Open coming up in a month. And again, no matter where you at, where you're at in the country, if you guys want to come to the Open, it's medium pitch, it's skinny bat, it's a lot of fun. 
there you'll be a lot of great people uh, it's in a I think I think it's in a great complex a little league complex that the hosts there are gracious they have the concession stand open they take care of us they're happy that we're there uh, they treat us right and I really do think it's a, a, a really good setup uh, for this tournament and it's a lot of work. I see the work that you and your staff put into setting it up, taking it down. For someone that runs tournaments, I, you know, it's it's a pain in the butt. I know it makes us it makes us tired, it makes us grumpy, but nonetheless, we love seeing the 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 final product as it comes and and to fruition. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more validating than we're finally sitting there on Sunday afternoon watching the finals, the nice American flag wall in the background, and. I know the year of COVID was really probably actually the best year we've ever had. The amount of people that stayed mainly because they really had nowhere else to go. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the noise, the, every, all the bleachers, people hanging out with the fences, the energy, the vibes have been, have been good. And it's really, it's been very close to that every year since. And um, you're right. Setting it up is, is a pain in the ass, you know, taking time, to, you know, go there a couple of days during the week to line all the fields yeah. and, uh, and do all that. But, you know, this is, we do it because we love it and we really enjoy the event and it's it's a weekend it's a it's a pilgrimage for a lot of people it's there one or two times a year that they can meet meet people and see people and that they haven't seen in a long time and i know pagano every time he's there he's always got a smile on his face and he's always and like you said when he sees you he's always like yeah man this is gonna be a great weekend and you know it's, it's competitive and medium pitch really kind of neutralizes the, the the gap between the best and the worst players and you really see some crazy runs. You see a lot of teams that, you know, you wouldn't think would even be competitive. And all of a sudden they're sitting there, you know, like the Dinos last year, all of a sudden they're sitting there like four and all after pool play, making a little run, the double limb. And you're like, this is amazing. And there's always a story like that, yeah. if not more than one story like that. Yeah. And like you've, uh, you've reiterated, it's an open event. Anybody can play. Um, our The Google form to sign up is on our Facebook page. I'll be reposting it. We'll be all trying to share it over the next couple of weeks. Uh, to try to get as many people down as possible. We're trying to get to 40 teams again. Um, and I think we can do it. I think we can do it this year. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the time. Super excited about getting back to New York. And uh, I'll, I'll see you guys in a, in a month. And so thanks yeah. a lot. So for Tim Dean and uh, Anthony with Golden Stick, this is Texas Tim on Tuesday, uh, July 25th for this edition of Holy Commute, your only daily Source of all things wiffle ball. I am out.